This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Welcome to the show, everybody. Did you grow up and there was some dysfunction in your family, maybe a little toxicity? Maybe you had some issues when you were younger um, or that have carried forward into your adult years? Well, we've got a wonderful guest today that I met last week, and I just had to have her on the show. Uh, she's um author. She's a coach. She's written the book Toxic Family, uh, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom. And we'll be talking to her in just a second. But before we go there, I have to talk to Nathan. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, Kevin. Almost said good morning, but I caught myself at the last second. And happy last day of summer to you. Oh, it is the last day of summer, it isn't it? It is. And it certainly is the last day of summer weather-wise, too. I, I think that we are going to go into a bit of a downspin here in a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, the Mother Nature out there is taking the seasons quite literally because on the last <laughs> day of summer, we got clear skies, sunny, and a high near 75, and then going tomorrow and then every foreseeable day in the future after that, it's saying uh, rain likely at least and highs in the low 60s and getting stormier out there as we head into fall. You know what that means, don't you? What's that? The roof is going to be closed. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and we're not for tonight, talk though. About that in a little bit, because even if you're not a baseball fan, you need to know what's going on this week, because everybody else is either going to be really excited or really bummed. So it is uh, an intense gonna... time coming up. That's for sure. It's <laughs> going to be on so pins and needles. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that at the near the end of the show. But uh, because of that, I want to bring Susan on right away because she is just adorable. She's really she's fun. And um, she's, uh, like I said, written a book and she's also uh, a coach and she can help people get through the toxicity that in many ways is multi-generational. Um, so, Susan, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh oh, you're you're on mute, my dear. Let me unmute now. Now you've got danger. <laughs> <laughs> now you're real and you're live. Exactly, exactly. It's great to have you here, and I want to thank you for for doing this because your work is, I think, really paramount. If you're if you want to live the best life that you can, uh, and grow up and become a, a really terrific person the way you were designed to be sometimes you have to get through some of the issues in life that you had earlier and you've talked about that a great deal and that's why you've written the book toxic family isn't it yeah it's a taboo topic to bring to the forefront but somebody's got to start the conversation right kevin <laughs> well you know and it is one of those things that everybody you know there are people that don't even remember the toxicity or the level of toxicity that they had when they were kids. And because it was so damaging and dangerous, they have decided to forget about it. Um, my, my eldest brother who I love and adore and have so much respect for, he and I had a lot of abuse between each other and 
his childhood is almost a complete blackout and it's painful to me when we get together you know it'll jog some memories but he's just grasping and yeah that is a coping mechanism uh, but i don't wish it on anyone because then you're always left wondering you know oh yeah well you know the interesting thing about family dynamics is when my brother when he was still alive and my sister and I would would sit and talk about our youth, it you would think that we were all raised in different families. That we did have Yeah, that's so I'm so sorry to jump in, but it is it's just extraordinary. I mean my sister really understands that she had an idyllic childhood. As I said, my oldest brother's a blackout. And my two youngest brothers have different versions too. And it, that's also very typical in a home where there's chaos and trauma. Everybody thinks they, they, they're living their own lives and, and each child is treated differently. Like my brother was the middle child and, and there are issues with being the middle child versus the, the strong, stoic, older child. And, ooh, the beloved little young one, that's what I was. And, and stuff. So it, it, it causes a lot of problems for folks that carries on into their adult years. And sad thing is that a lot of people don't even recognize it. No, they're carrying bags of goop that don't even belong to them. It, it belongs back in the ancestral line, like, you know, three, four, five, seven generations ago, and we're still carrying it. I mean, I have so much respect for my parents because they were hurt and abused children. And then they were raising hurt and abused children. It's a, it's a multi-generational thing. I call it the seven, the seven generation cycle. And, and is that a, is that a good way to put it or does it even go longer than that? I, I think it could go on, on back ad infinitum if, you know, we've really allowed it to be. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's time everlasting, honestly. And I think that for me, this is all part of soul evolution. Oh, I agree. Now, how? what were the reasons that you wrote the book, Toxic Family? Well, in 2007, Kevin, I saw an Irish seer and he said, you have a book to write. You've got to, Leslie, you've got a book you've got to write coming up here real quick, like. Oh, Kevin, I promptly shoved that under the closest carpet I could find. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. And then in 2020, I had back-to-back intuitives tell me you have a book to write. And the last one told me you have three books to write. So before it became some huge library, I thought I better get going on this, this task and you know, I have, I have done a lot of work. I've done a lot of digging. I've done traditional therapies. I've done deep somatic forms of therapy, meaning those that really go into the body um, where you're exploring pockets of trauma, color, texture, timeline. You know, meditation is a somatic form of therapy in my point of view. But <sighs> I feel that This is an important topic to discuss. I didn't think my story was so unique or would be of interest, but personally and professionally, I I am coming to understand it's, it's pretty unique. And 
I have great love for my family members. I feel like I was placed with purpose smack dab in the middle of five kids with two adults or pseudo adults at the helm. My father's a genius astrophysicist. He also loved to drink. Um, and he also had a little bit of issue with womanizing and narcissism. And my mother coped because she had five kids before she was 30 and a Peter Pan as a husband. She coped by using food to soothe. And back then when you were a compulsive overeater and your weight was flying 50, 70, 80 pounds in any direction, they prescribed diet pills. And Kevin, I think I was in my 20s when I realized, wow, those diet pills were straight speed. So you know that it was not a hotbed of mental health and there was not a lot of stability in that household. Boy, I tell you, what's it, it must have been, first of all, having five kids, that's, that's a lot of kids anyway, having five children in the same house. And um, when you've got a father that is, apparently he was an astrophysicist. Oh, he's so genius. And he was so much fun. He was a big adventurer. He'd bike around campus. He'd take us mountain climbing. We'd go down the rapids in the canoe and he'd, he'd have us go to shore and pull the canoe back up so we could go down the rapids again rather than go on the trip. You know, he was really fun and he looked like my hero until much later in adulthood where I could start to examine the behavior. So apparently he liked to... Uh... Not only did he was he an astrophysicist and he mixed stuff up, he liked to mix cocktails up as well. <laughs> well, honestly, it was 7.30 a.m. And I'd hear the cork pop off the, the bottle top and I'd hear glug, 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 glug. But I mean, he was he was deep in it. He was young. He hadn't had any time. He was set up on a blind date with my mother. He felt obligated after that date. He didn't have a lot of self-esteem. His own father was a Peter Pan. He really didn't want children, but his mother was very dutiful. And she's like, that's what you do. You get married and you have children. And she had two boys and the father could see no good. Nothing was ever good enough from at least his older son. I can't speak to my uncle, um, but um, yeah. And they shoved my father far away from the topics he loved, which were history and music and got him on a track. So, you know, he had to shellac that rage and anger in place somehow. Oh, sure. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is we were growing up and I'm a little older now and uh but i remember the way it was back then in the when you, you got married in the 50s or 60s you the the rule was dad went to work he went to work for 30 years and when he came home everybody needed to be quiet because dad was tired and he didn't want to deal with the kids and and mom was there at home there were a lot of homemakers back then and uh, so she was the one that was that took care of the kids and she might not have liked that job very much depending on the kids and, and stuff. So the, the dynamics were kind of all screwed up back then. And it's, so there's a lot of people our age. Well, you're younger than me. You're you're probably what? 25, 30, something like that. Oh, maybe 17, 18. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but there were a lot of you know there are a lot of families that that was kind of the blueprint for how that they ran their lives and um and it, it's not a real it's a it becomes a toxic environment when you can't talk to your dad and, and you start talking to him and he says uh i'm watching the game go to your room um and you're not even sure why you ended up there but you did and uh, your brothers and sisters it's the same thing you know that, that's why when growing up in my house it was like three different kids uh three different experiences of life and so it was it's it's difficult and you you carry those things with you um whether you want to or not um my brother and i never had a real great relationship it started when i was 10 years old and he hung me by the neck and 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 stuff like that just because and, and stuff and so there was there was lots of things that go and go on in a in a house in a family and stuff now it's it's all water under the bridge in my mind today but there are lots of people that carry that stuff and they carry it with them forever well kevin i just i want to rewind for just a second and acknowledge you know what you said your brother tried to hang you Oh, he didn't try. He did. <laughs> he he pulled the. I, I was uh, the the story goes. Um, I was uh, ten years old, and it, we we went to see a movie, and one of the um, previews was "Hang 'Em High" uh, with um, um, Clint Eastwood, and so we had a great big um, apricot tree in our backyard. And I walked into the backyard, and my brother had a, a rope hanging from the limb, which was about 12 feet high, and uh, there was a loop on the other end, and he had a ladder next to it. And so me, because I just seen uh, that movie, and I, you know, I'll hang them high where they, you know, hung a bunch of people, I so I just climbed up onto the ladder and, and put my head through the noose just to see what that would feel like, and they pulled the ladder away. Wow. Well, you obviously survived because here you are. And in I my am. world, <laughs> in my world, that's called a spiritual initiation. I'm not trying to one up you. I'm not trying to equalize you. But um, my sister and I were playing with little kittles, you know, those little troll like dolls with a multicolored hair. Anyway, I grabbed yeah. hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grabbed hers. We had a votive candle lit on this trunk. And she's like, give me that back and i was like no i'm not giving it she's like give it back i'm like no i'm not giving it back and she took my head and pushed it back into the candle and my hair caught on fire oh my and today i see that was yet another spiritual initiation because here i am lighting people's hair on fire with the way <laughs> that I perceive toxic family dynamics and trauma. <laughs> See, now that was just a great precursor to what how your life work was going to end up being. And uh, it, I'm glad, I'm so I'm not that I'm glad that happened to you. Did, was your hair, did, did it burn a lot of it off or? She immediately said, oh, my God, your hair's on fire. So, you know, I've been to elementary school. I knew the stop, drop, and roll, even though I was, like, kneeling on the carpet. So I did just that. I stuck my head down and rolled on top of my head. <laughs> and the flames were out. And then I ran downstairs and told my mother. And she promptly sprayed me with some kind of toxic chemical, I'm sure. <laughs> 
hurt to eliminate the burn. It wasn't aloe. Let's just say that much. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is, uh, Susan, we all have got those stories. Um, like, like the time my brother uh, put me in the uh, dryer and turned it on. Uh, th- those things <laughs> happen in, you know, and, and I think they happen to all of us in every family. Um, in one Maybe not one. every family, Kevin. <laughs> well, I, I, one of these days I'm going to take a poll. Who got hung by the neck and thrown in the dryer at the, you know, in the, in the same uh, lifetime? Um, and and uh, uh, grass up my nose and, you know, anyway, so enough of that. Uh, but uh, uh, we we came to peace with that over time. And and so that's 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 all done. But there are a lot of people that don't. How do you encourage people? And what does the book say, Toxic Family, say about how you get through some of those things so that you can live your adult life? And also, an important point of that is perhaps change the seven-generation cycle so it stops. So I've just been lucky, and I've come from a place of of love. I'm an incredible empath, meaning I can sense emotions. I can walk in the room, and I can tell you the temperature, and I can read thoughts if I meditate for long periods. I don't want to scare you, Kevin. I didn't meditate for long periods before our conversation. That's right. My my, my thoughts are pure and innocent most of the time. (laughs) But first things first, you have to be aware of the circumstances and then accept them. But you do not have to forgive. I've been on a long walk. I started with a lot of talk therapy and then did a lot of somatic work, you know, body work to really release the trauma. But coming to understand that my parents came from toxic environments and their parents came from toxic environments really helped shift things for me on a personal level to come to a place of compassion And then maybe I spent too much time in Southern California, but I also believe that this world is one great advanced classroom for learning if we choose. And there is an opportunity to perceive all these things from a totally new point of view. And although it's difficult, it can be gifts. Like one of my greatest gurus as in teacher is the man who is now my ex-husband absolutely taught me my own power, my own value and my own self-worth. So this is really where I try to do the most help with people that come to me and groups I facilitate because a lot of us get stuck. We get stuck on that treadmill of victim and martyr, or we're eating the rat poison expecting that perpetrator to drop over dead. And guess what? It's not going to happen. They never do. They never do. By the way, we're talking with um, Susan Gold. She's written the book, Toxic Family. Go to susangold.us and find out all about her. We need to take a quick break. and But when we come back, I'm going to ask her, okay, so, you know, if if we plan this, if do we, let me ask you this way, do we, plan this life the way it before we get here so that we experience the things we do so that we can get through it and to come out the other side in a much better place we're going to talk about that when we come right back 
Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. And by the way, this isn't three o'clock. This is noon on Friday. So this is actually a bonus episode that we have. But we always do Monday through Friday uh, at the, from three to four, either on KKNW, Kixie, or as a podcast. So you can go to YouTube and you can find us there. Um, it's real easy. We're talking with Susan Gold. And I wanted to ask her because I would love your opinion you've done a lot of work with yourself and going deep deeply involved with how it all works did you plan the family that you have the people that you know did you plan for that before you even got here so that then you could have the experiences that you have had to become who you are today well, if I did, I'm going to bring the dang fluff and fine print a lot closer next time I come around, Kevin. Oh, yeah. So this is this is um, an interesting issue. I, I do believe I'm creating a movie. Some of it I don't agree with. Um, I do believe I wanted to have certain experiences before I came in. Some of these things that I've walked through have felt like they've been 
around for a long, long time. And um, the experience with my ex-husband and divorcing him was certainly one of them. That was like perfect storm. So yes, a piece of me does believe that I did agree, map out, create contracts, come in and make choices whether or not I was going to walk through it. Apparently the book was one of those. Um, But um, I also believe that our free will is fluffed with a little bit right now. And I think that's going to, going to shift. I think we're all waking up out of that matrix of imprisonment at the moment. I like that idea because I, 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 in my experience with the number of people that I interview, I'm discovering, I've actually known this, but I, I, I'm being um, validated a lot that people are changing and that the, there are more people out there that are in, that are interested in finding out why we do what we do and why we do it and how to fix it so that we can become the person that we really want to be and that we were destined to be. Um, and so when we talk about that, you know, it, it's happening, it's happening to a great degree. Do you feel that in your work that, that, uh, there are more and more people coming to you wanting to get through that and do something new? I see it. And there's been a huge proliferation since they gifted us with that great lockdown a couple of years ago, because it gave us all a chance to stop driving our cars an hour and a half one way to sit in at some cubicle for nine hours and then do the same in the reverse. I mean, that's a huge gift uh, of that time period, but yes, it's expanding tenfold. And luckily there's more of us out there helping others walk through the stuff that we've come through. And so shedding light, it's, it's a chain and I'm grateful for it. I'm happy to see it. And that's my whole mission of coming out with this book and working with people, working with groups. So they can then turn and help the next one coming through. Do you find that working with groups is very, very satisfying because uh, people tend to, when they're in a, in a group setting like that, they tend to be more honest and people are... Um, get get more involved with each other and really be, regain that sense of community. Kevin, some of us are so thirsty. We're parched, burnt to a crisp, looking, praying, longing for that sense of community because we've been trained to wear masks and behave a certain way and not let out the truth and keep it inside when we just want to connect so groups are so satisfying. And if somebody wants to join a group and, and to work with you, how do they get that done? Where do they go? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Usually I just say, you know, spit out my website, which is susangold.us, because I hate like even, even the tiny inference of self-promotion. Um, but if you feel moved... I'd love to have a conversation with you and I'd welcome you to have a chat with me. And yes, the information is all at susangold.us and there's free stuff up there too. Well, and by the way, self-promotion, there's nothing wrong with that because if nobody knows about you, nobody can be helped by you. 
There you go. But what about this digital cacophony of marketing that's coming into my email box every day? You know, somebody offering me their their $300 webinar for free that leads me to their $5,000 course. They're going to sell me for $1.99 if I, you know, sign up. It's just, <laughs> dude, ouch. Really? Do we have to? <laughs> well, interestingly, interesting that you say that because I get an email from somebody that had been on the show a couple of times and she referenced a website and she said, what do you think of these guys? They seem to be doing this. And I said, and I responded back to her and said, well, because what they do is they create, they help you create podcasts and they put them on their platform and stuff. And um, I said, well, just keep in mind that you're the customer. It isn't to get the word out to everybody else. You're the one that's paying the money to them to do the podcast. So therefore, you're the customer, not the, not the people that you want to reach. The people that you want to reach, they're not really concerned with that because they're not getting paid by them. They're getting paid by you. So unless they have a huge platform, they're not really, that's really not their gig. That's not what they're doing. And you're right. You got to be careful these days. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all in my book and there's a, there's a workbook in the appendix that are some of the very same exercises that help me walk through all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, the human connection is is really of great value. And I really hope to increase the group access because I think that's the way of the future. I think I think much of our society and culture will go to the community modality. At least I hope. I agree with you. Have you heard of uh, something called the circle? It seems familiar, but I'm not sure why. Um, it is a idea that is starting to um, um, and look it up anybody who wants to it's it's called the circle and there's there's actually an institute called the circle institute and what they do is they gather eight or ten people and then they all talk about somebody is the one who is talking about their story and everybody else listens with empathy and with caring and um, responds to them with perhaps suggestions on what they could perhaps do. And then other people do the same thing. And it becomes a real moment where you can, you feel comfortable enough to open up because all these people are the, doing this exact same thing you're doing and there's no judgment. That's beautiful. That's the technology I want to see coming forward. Awesome. And it's, it's, it really is happening. And um, so groups like you're doing, it's important that, that people get involved with other human beings because we don't do that. I, <laughs> I lived in a cul-de-sac for 20 years and everybody did the same exact thing that I did. You pulled into your garage, you close your garage with your garage door opener, you go into the house and you go into your backyard. I didn't even know anybody's name for like 10 years because we're so separate from each other and it's important for us to get back together and, and to really get, you know, like-minded people to get together, to, to really touch bases with each other. Uh, and we've lost that. Well, I think we've been so ingrained and educated to wear a certain mask, appear a certain way, you know, be perfect. There's, there's such boundaries. I mean, how many of those doors in that cul-de-sac closed and there was some intense stuff going on behind those closed doors. Now 
when there's, I, I live in a, in a neighborhood where there are very few houses, but there are more houses being built. And whenever a new build is complete, I always drop off a little note with my card, with my background, text me anytime, you know, because I, I want to make that connection now. And, and I'm feeling the freedom in that. Freedom is a good word to use for that because that, that you are. Uh, you're able to do, uh, to touch bases with other people. You're not frightened by it. Um, it takes a it takes a great deal of courage to do that, doesn't it? I think so. I I think just to to lead with an open heart, to be willing to be you know make a mistake or be proven wrong. That's why I never fit in the corporate system. I was like, <laughs> people would look at me like I had two heads. I didn't understand why. You had to go to HR to speak to somebody two offices away. And yeah, it was just like a Rubik's cube to me. I, I had two corporate jobs in my life, one at ICM, which was a large talent agency and another at Fox. And I just, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Other than that, I've been hustling on my own. Well, we, we, and we did talk about, uh, and we, yes, when we're talking about Fox, we're talking about that Fox. Uh, the television station. And by the way, I, I got to ask you your opinion. Um, the boss just stepped down yesterday. Um, what does that mean? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I, I don't. Honestly, I don't think it means much. There's there's a system behind that boss leaving. And I don't think that system's going to change anytime soon, honestly. Um, but let's see. It would be it would be nice if they were to return to journalism the way journalism was meant to be. <laughs> I think that may take a moment, <laughs> especially considering the issue we're having with censorship. But that's a whole nother topic. I'm getting a little political. <laughs> oh well, when you work for Fox, that kind of is <laughs> how how that works and stuff. But uh, <laughs> that was that was interesting. The first time we talked, it was like so. Uh, you worked with Fox? Did you like believe what they, you know, were talking about? And and you were you you were very forthright and said no, but it's a it's a job and 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 you learned a lot. You got you met some really interesting people. Oh my gosh, Roger Ailes. Okay, we all know the sexual exploits and all that stuff. He gave me that interview that he gave his victims. Thank God I didn't pass it. I didn't understand that's what it was at the time, but he was an incredible leader. He was quite charming. He knew how to put pieces together. And he was like a, an amazing five-star general when it came to the media. And he gave me an incredible opportunity. I didn't even know what a producer was. And he was running America's Talking, which was a talk network. He was also running CNBC at the time. And he wanted celebrities on America's Talking, and they, they were not flocking. So that's what I was known for, matching celebrities to brands. Somehow they got wind of me, and I started working in promos, and they kept nagging me about celebrities. So one night I got a genius idea. I'll take a cameraman down to this red carpet event. I'll interview everybody, and then I'll stick the mic right in their face, have them look straight to camera and say they're watching America's Talking, Rogers Network. And this was before that was happening all over. Nobody was doing this at the time. 
And I got away with it quite well. And Roger had celebrities all over this little America's Talking Network and it weighted the brand. And so the head of promos, Joe Chalemi, one morning I get into work and he bellows out of his corner office, gold, get in here. And I was like, oh God, what did I do now? You know, <laughs> thinking I'm, uh-oh. He's like, Mr. Ailes needs to see you in his office right away. And I'm like, okay. He thinks you're doing a good job for the network. Don't worry. So <laughs> go up there, like kind of trembling. And I sit down in his office. The door gets closed. I get a little anxious. Um, and he starts talking to me about, you know, the campaign, what I'd done, and then asked me a lot of weird questions about my family. And, um, and then I said my thank yous and excused myself. And um, because of that ability, my ability to match celebrities with brands, I did become a television producer and he did invite me to launch Fox News Channel, but I was so far <laughs> from his line of politics and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I, I stayed there just under a year because I still didn't fit that structure. And I had also gotten an opportunity, an invitation to go to LA. And it was for a great career move, but it was also to meet my greatest guru and teacher. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you have had the opportunity to work with and be around with a lot of celebrities. I'm, I'm learning that, that I'm, I've been around more and more and um, they're just people. It's, it's, it's everybody has got, everybody has got, problems in their background everybody's got a little toxicity to them uh, and they're just people who happen to be either a pretty face or they could do something extraordinarily well but they still at the end of the day we're all just human beings is that what it you is found? so true it is so true and you're so fortunate to know that because when people don't have the experience that we have and they put them up on a pedestal it's painful to me you know, I could tell when somebody was just so insecure, was the movie going to bomb? I ran a show that was sort of the behind the scenes of the entertainment industry in LA for a couple of years for American movie classics. And we had every A-lister in there. And you would just see them, you know, quaking in the trailer, not wanting to come out because they're terrified this movie they've made is going to make them look like an idiot and bomb. And they have to be putting their pants legs on one leg at a time in front of us all. I honestly, I wouldn't trade the circumstance for anything. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't either. And, and also being able to go out to dinner and not have to have people stare at you. And uh, or be walking down the street and having people call out your name and and or the character that uh, that you did. It's like it's like, you know, Forrest Gump was, hey, Gump, for a long time and all that kind of stuff. So or uh, um, Tom Hanks. Um, but they're just people. And we're, we're all just trying. We're all just trying to do the best we can to survive. And um, I would hate to be in a position where I'm only as good as the last thing that I did that I had no control over the outcome. I can't imagine that. Yeah, they have their pressures for sure. But we all do. And that's why you're here is to help people 
understand and to, to get through their pressures. We, I would highly in, encourage you to get the book Toxic Family. Uh, she's got a workbook attached to it and other things that that we can you can live a life of freedom. But you've got to understand why some of the things that you did when you were kids or what you're doing now happened when you were kids and stuff like that. And you just, you talk about it so much better than I do. So um, I don't know. I, you're doing a good job, Kevin. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here today. Um, it is, I, I really uh, appreciate it. I know you've got a full schedule this afternoon and we're going to have to leave a little bit early. Um, um, but that's, that's okay. Will you come back and see me? I would love to, and to see your listeners too in spirit. Exactly. Well, so you're in, you're intuitive. How many people are listening to us right now? <laughs> More than a handful. <laughs> you are political in nature. That's pretty good. I, I like that. So um, we've got, uh, yeah, this is KKNW and we, they, it's the alternative uh, uh, talk um, um, radio station and they've got lots of folks uh, that do what we do but you think you do it really really well and you have great spirit about you and, and energy has anybody told you that before i have heard that and i'm grateful for it yeah, i'm willing to bet that the psychic said you need to write three books and by the way you've got great energy <laughs> well i'm not gonna lie <laughs> kevin thank you Thank, thank you so much for being here and uh, go to our website, which is susangold.us. Get the book, Toxic Family, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom. Can't think of anything better than that. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Susan. It was fun. Oh, very good. And we'll have to have you back and because uh, you've, you've got you to go and, and we got to go to commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about why your loved ones this week will either be very, very happy or very, very sad and uh, are, and are going to be anxious all week. And it would, if you don't follow sports, it might be good for you to know what's going to be happening this week so that you understand where they're coming from. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that with Nathan when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place. And because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. 
Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week based on a 13-week commitment. And as our partner, we are vested in your success and will do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. It's a Friday. It's a Friday at uh, about 1248 at this point in time and i want to bring um, my friend nathan in who's wearing a mariner's jersey as he should be today <laughs> my but, kind of blue friday it is <laughs> exactly and uh yeah i gotta tell you i was looking at everything today and i've only been around the mariners since i i actually went to their first um um season opening game mm -hmm. in 1977 so been around them a while i've never seen anything like this have you i mean i've been around a lot less than you so there's always new things to see but yeah this is a uh, for my experience i've always known the mariners as being you know bottom feeder type team and never making it to the playoffs and uh i was you know alive when they had their big run back in 2001 to get into the uh, playoffs with the best record in all of baseball, modern baseball history, and uh, end up losing to the Yankees in like the divisional rounds. So I was alive at that time, but I was pretty young where I wasn't too much into sports yet. So I don't think I really cared as much then as I would be now. Well, the interesting thing is, and and this is going to be happening all week. So, if you've got family members that suddenly are at a sports bar instead of coming home or something like that, it's because they change the schedule in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, so, this year is the first year that they have uh, people in the same division finishing up the seasons with each other. And as it turns out, 
there are three teams, the Astros, the Rangers, <laughs> and and the Mariners, that are virtually tied for a um, what now one is for the division lead mm -hmm. and the others are for wild card positions and they're virtually tied and they're playing each other uh we're playing seven games against the uh, rangers and three games against the astros and that's the next 10 games and that will determine who's going to make the playoffs one of those teams is not going to even make the playoffs and the mm -hmm. two, one will be the champion of the division, well, and the other one will. Theoretically, uh, let me look at the or can all standings. Three of them I think it is possible. It depends on what the Blue Jays do, because the Blue Jays, uh, actually, no, the, yeah, it is Toronto, because they're tied with us, too, in the wild card. So, you know, Seattle and Texas could push ahead of Toronto and knock them out of the wild card. And then so, theoretically, the Astros, Seattle, and Texas could all make the playoffs still. So, but it's going to be a wild week and ever because they're playing each other all week long. So, for the next 10 days, mm -hmm. um, there, there's going to be a game every day. And, uh, and people are going to be living and dying, especially a team like you mentioned 2001 mm -hmm. when, the, um, when the Mariners... Uh, they have the best record of uh, in all of baseball. Modern baseball, yes. Yes, and we still have never been to the World Series. No, the only we team the in MLB, I believe, that has never had a World Series appearance. Yes, and w win or lose, we haven't even been there yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's part of what they're trying to get done here. So, but I've never I've never seen something that is going to be so interesting. Um, for the next uh, 10 days because it could be they're up a game now they're down a game now yes. they're up a half a game and they're and so it's going to be it's going to be well it's going to be really wild so um if you're not a baseball fan i get it i don't 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 watch it but but you need to know that there are going to be people that are that are going to um have some wild mood swings i'm afraid oh for sure and then even all of baseball too is interested in watching that al west race just because it is so close you never see anything like that usually in a division where three of the teams are basically tied going into the playoffs yes and it's going to it's going to be a really interesting in, in interesting week um i had one more thing since you're a sports fan mm -hmm. are you familiar with um um san francisco 49ers uh yes who are they? I'm going. I'm really am going. Are they a football team? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh wait, a minute. no. Yeah. I'm talking the the 49ers were playing the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you hear this story? No, I did not. Uh, right now, my eyes are just all on baseball at the moment, and football is oh. <laughs> waiting until later. Did you know that uh, you can you can um, you can now uh, place bets at uh, casinos and stuff, sports bets. Oh yeah, that's been going be up for a while. Yeah, it used to be illegal, but now now they do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I I want to tell you a story, and you tell me whether you think it's this could be true or not. the The coach of the uh, of the Rams, um, his name escapes me real quick, but it'll come back to me. Um, and the, the Rams are down by ten. Sean McVay, oh, can't, yeah, Sean McVay. 
the Rams are down by 10 and there's just seconds left in the game. And so what do they do? They, they bring out their field goal kicker to kick a field goal. Now, remember, they're down by 10 with less than a minute left to play. Mm-hmm. A field goal isn't going to do them any good. And however, the interesting thing was that, and he swears that he had no idea. I, I disagree. But uh, he kicked the field goal, which made them down by seven. You know what the line was, the betting line was for the over and under for that particular game? I'm sure it was significant. It was seven and a half. Oh. But uh, but I haven't heard anybody talk about this. And there's, of course, he didn't read. Oh, you mean th- there were, because I want to, if you don't know this, then there are people that bet on games incessantly. It's one of the things they do. Mm-hmm. And there are hundreds of thousands of dollars that can be uh, on the line based upon the final score of the game. Yeah. And who wins and by how much. Mm-hmm. And so, so they kicked the field goal, which meant that anybody that bet on San Francisco now lost the bet, even though they won the game. Oh, See, I'm curious about the situation. Was it a far field goal or was it a short field goal? It was a long, it was a mid-range. I think it was a mid-range. Mid-range, because I'm thinking if I'm the coach, okay, uh, right now I'm in a comfortable distance to kick that field goal and as like a winning the game perspective or maybe putting it over over time, it's like, okay, let's kick the field goal now because it's going to be pretty tough if we're on fourth down and I don't know how long of a fourth down it was, but it's like, let's, we know we can make this field goal. So let's go ahead and kick it. And then we'll do the onside kick. Cause we're going to have to do two drives in the end. Exactly. Either you score a touchdown and then you do an onside kick and then try to go for a field goal or you take the field goal while you can now and then still try to go for the touchdown off of an onside kick. From what from what I understand, there was less than like twenty seconds left. Less than twenty seconds left. Well, the- so it was going to be like the last play of the game, okay, and and stuff. So so I I just I, I hesitate to think that 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 he would do that on purpose just to make the San Francisco people lose money. But uh, you know who knows? Yeah. I just, well, I just with that, that short of time, I would probably do the field goal kick. And then, all right, let's get an onside kick and try for a Hail Mary. I mean, that's probably the best <laughs> chance for that team at that point. It, it might have I mean, you got to do everything you can to win a game, but. Well, all, but uh, like I said, yeah. I didn't watch the game either. Yeah, well, and I just thought it was really really interesting because in the, in the post game, they, they say, oh, I, I had no idea that that was the line. I find that hard to believe. Anyway, yeah. um, we're looking forward to the <laughs> I Mariners do think that uh, Vegas puts a lot of influence into sports, though, because, I mean, you're watching games on TV, and they're always putting off those tickers that show the over and under and betting odds and even fantasy football things, too. You start to see those as well. You know what worries me about all that is we're going to start seeing things that are going to be like um, WWE, professional mm. wrestling. 
uh, which is going to be all done like that. Any, in any event, enough of that. Um, I'd like to thank Susan Gold for being here. Get the book, Toxic Family. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for this week. And by the way, everybody, be kind to one another because each other's all we got. We'll see you at... 